Dolan. This is Liz Dolan. This is Sheila Dolan. This is Monica Dolan. This is Leon Dolan. News, talk, and laughs. We tackle the world one cup of coffee at a time. One cup of coffee at a time. You're listening to Satellite Sisters to go. Satellite Sisters to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan, and I love this song so much. I am so hooked to this. Leon. You know, Liz, it's a perfect pop song. Yeah. It, it really is. It's like just a great pop song. And I am I think Coldplay personally is a little overrated. But in this case, no. I think this is a perfect pop Monica, song. Monica, do you agree? Yeah, it's the song of the summer. Oh. I mean, I turn it up on my radio every time I hear it. Right. And he, we- he wears that Les-, Les Miserables kind of jacket now, Chris <laughs> Martin. He's got like a costume for the whole summer. It's I'm so hooked on Coldplay. I like the first time around with Coldplay. Coldplay, not so much. Oh, but there's okay. something about this record. I'm just really into it. And on my XM satellite radio, they have a channel that's all Coldplay all the time. They do? That's what it was just for well, 30 days of Coldplay. They don't have that many songs. Well, I know. So they, they repeat a lot, which I enjoy because I love this song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're the Satellite Sisters. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Beverly Hills, California with Leon at the Paley Center for Media. Uh, Monica, you're in Portland, Oregon. How's everything up there? Great, Liz. I'm uh, pretty excited about, you know, the big cake reveal today. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. It is All exciting. Right. Before we get started, we want to thank VTech Phones. They support Satellite Sisters, so we ask that you support them. And, yeah, as Monica said, it's the freeze and please them. This is it. This is the week when everything gets done. The judging is beginning. We have posted the photos of our ice cream cakes and and uh, each sister provided a design statement. A design mm-hmm. statement, exactly. <laughs> so those are posted at Sister Spot. To find those, just go to SatelliteSisters.com and click through. You'll see all of our photos. Judge Sheila is going to be here on the show in a few minutes, and Julie's going to be here too. We're all going to present our design philosophy uh, to Sheila. We have a, a moment to pitch our cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you get a vote too, which is why you have to go to Sister Spot. Look at all the pictures. Sheila will factor in the popular vote. Yes. But much like the way the Electoral College works, she gets to overrule. <laughs> <laughs> she gets to really make the final decision. She is Florida. She- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that is coming up later in the show. Liz, I have some extremely exciting news for you about for me. 8808, oh, oh. which, of course, is the opening ceremonies for the Summer Olympic Games in Beijing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go ahead, sing the fanfare if you want, because <laughs> dun, 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 dun. we are ready for the opening ceremonies, Liz, because we have cable TV <laughs> in that small <laughs> rental house in Bend. Mm-hmm. So let's go back. Our brother owns a small rental house in Bend, and he is letting, Bend, Oregon. Bend, Oregon, letting Liz and I use it for the summer. We enjoyed a wonderful 4th of July over there. We're planning to be over there some days in August. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the big dilemma was this house in Bend, it's very low tech. There's mm-hmm. no TV. There's no computer. It, it's there's one no of the, phone. It's one of the, yes, there's, there's, there's no phone. phone. Is there no. a phone? Yes. No. Oh, okay. There's no phone. Oh, there's no, no. phone. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's bring your own phone. <laughs> If you want to call someone, just bring your own phone. We had to get some VTech phones in that house. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and that's one of the appeals of the place. It's very quiet. But we have a dilemma because Liz and I, of course, are going to want to watch the Olympics because mm-hmm. we're Olympic junkies. Uh, but we don't have a TV. And we're planning to be there some some days, maybe a weekend during the Olympics. During so. the fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> so Liz, we're you- going to be there on 888. Yes, we are. And we've got to see those opening ceremonies. So, Liz, you brought that old monster TV set you had up from California over the 4th of July. The first Trinitron ever manufactured. (laughs) That that thing... That thing weighed about 400 pounds. When you look at TVs now and how compact they are, the whole flat screen, they're huge, but they're thin and they're light. This is an 800-pound television. So it's bad to have an 800-pound television in the middle of the living room when it doesn't work. You know, it's just, it's an eyesore, frankly. It's just a giant thing. So we had several trips to Radio Shack. I know we bought several those external antennas but the best we could get was kind of a fuzzy pbs channel and as as far as i know pbs did not win the contract to broadcast (laughs) the olympic Games. so we're really in trouble so our brother dick what did he keep saying to us don't worry 
don't worry, by 8808, we're going to have TV. I'm going to figure something out. Don't worry about it. So you'd be happy to know, Liz, Dick signed up for a basic cable package. Mm-hmm. Okay, seventeen ninety nine a month. He figured the cable would be good to have in there when he wants to rent the house out in the fall. So I'm like terribly excited. I'm I went over there, spent a couple of days over in Bend, and I he told me the cable guy uh, was going to come in the afternoon. I was very excited. I had to wait all afternoon for him, and he said, uh, you know, we'll just we'll get it done. And I wanted to take care of it. I said, you don't need to be at the house. I'll wait for him. Mm-hmm. So Carl, we'll just call him Carl, the cable guy, shows up. Well, immediately there's a problem. Okay? What is that? He looks at the work order, and it's now it's 4.30 in the afternoon. Uh-huh. And the work order says it's like a 10-minute hookup, but it isn't. This is like a full install. So he goes on and on about how he can't install the cable. He doesn't have enough time. It's too complicated. And we've already. We, it's with, too complicated, just no, period? Or like. Yeah, yeah, too complicated. Wait, wait till you hear this, Leon. So we want to run the cable. There was some cable there previously, but sure. under, under the house, in the basement, through the crawl space. Sure. Okay. I, that that basement is extremely scary at that rental house. In fact, when I had the orientation tour, I told Dick, I don't even want to know what goes on down there because I will have nightmares about it for the rest of, don't, rest of my time here. Do not. I don't even want to go in the basement. Well, it is ironic. I spent about six hours in the basement <laughs> this past trip. So Carl, the cable guy, we go down into the basement together, and he said, oh, no, I'm not going in there. It's a very narrow, it, it, it's a scary old, it's like a 1930s house. I mean, it's scary down there. It's crawl space. The, yeah, the crawl house. space is very, it's like dirt and rocks down there. He said, I, I can't go in there. And I looked at him, I'm like, you're a cable guy. Right, isn't that, isn't what, that your job? Isn't that what they do? I don't know. There was some mention of exterminators. Anyways, he's all upset about the basement and the crawl space. So he looks for some other alternative. He's going to drill a hole in the side of the house, which is going to be a big hole in the side of the house and go on the outside. I knew Dick would not go for that. So Mm -hmm. Dick, plus the fact he said it's 430 in the afternoon. I can't do all the work now. So I got to come back another day. So I talked about it with Dick. When Dick heard he would not go down in the crawl space, he's like, I'm just going to get the cable and I'm going to do it myself. (laughs) So you know what, Liz? That's what we did. (laughs) Really? Dick and I installed the cable. He went and bought like 800 yards of this RG6 cable. Dick had several phone calls with Carl. And he was very professional and very nice. But what he he told Dick was he said... I'm afraid of spiders. <laughs> that must be rough if you're a cable guy in Bend, Oregon. Yeah. Then he said, and they are very active and very aggressive this time of year, which Dick repeated a hundred times to me. So Dick comes over. Uh, and, and then the other thing is every time we talk to Carl, the price of the installation drops. Okay. It started at like $45. Let's just say in the end, free. We got a – every time we talked to him, it was like, okay, it'll be $30. Okay, it'll be $20. Finally, the whole thing said and done. It was free because it was really Dick and I that installed the cable in the house. Dick comes over. He's got his cable. He's got the tool belt. He goes in the other room to change. He comes out. He is wearing this outfit. It is a cross between, like, a handyman and Indiana Jones. <laughs> Scott, and all he keeps saying in a very mocking tone is very active and very aggressive this time of year. So he is wearing this long sleeve flannel shirt. He's got these white work coveralls, like overalls on, gloves, and then to top it all off, he has this like rafting hat that's just like Idaho rafting, Indiana Jones hat, to protect him from the very aggressive spiders down there. So he goes down, we're like casing out the basement, again, several hours in the basement. Uh, I guess I'm over my fear, overexposure. We look down, that crawl space in the front of the house is so narrow and dick and i look back there with all these flashlights there's a bush growing out of the earth 
right under the spot where the hole is to go into the living room to mm. stick the cable through. But it's not, it's like a big tumbleweed. It's the only <laughs> way I can describe it. And we can't get back in there. So I go up top and I'm the one that's got to feed the cable through the tumbleweed. And then Dick is on the other end with the rake. To grab it. Let's just, it was just hilarious. But, I mean, I just jammed that cable, the RG6, right through the tumbleweed under the house. And then we fed it out the back of the house. Dick got the drill out. Dick was doing some, like, MacGyver-like maneuvers with taping to the old cable. And let's just say... Carl, the dude, the cable guy, came over. Liz, we're gonna, we're not only gonna be watching the Olympics. Dick said we paid for the most basic package, but as far as he can tell, we're getting like 280 channels. <laughs> we, we, we are getting like every like 10 ESPN channels, Showtime, HBO, and again the free installation list. So we are all set. It was very exciting. Oh, that is so funny! But it sounds like Carl may be coming over to watch with us. Do we have that? <laughs> Do we have that to look forward to? As long as Carl doesn't have to go down into the basement to come over and watch. What's so funny about that is that our brother Dick has very serious claustrophobia. Yeah. So the, the image of Dick in the crawl space in the basement, I know what commitment that must have taken. Well, from that's him. just how cheap he is. Yeah. It's exactly right, Leon. It was all when Dick heard that there was no installation fee because he did the work. It was it was unbelievable to him. He just he'll be talking about it all summer. <laughs> Okay, we're good to go. I'm very excited about that. The, yeah, 8808, it's the big opening ceremonies. And then, of course, you know, two weeks of glorious performances of all kinds. But one thing that is starting to bother me, just as a, you know, one of the things you miss as the world develops, for me, the sad demise of the respectable Olympic mascot <laughs> is is a worry. You know, it's just, I, I don't know what... What happened to the mascots? Why, yeah. why, why can't we be doing a bit? Shouldn't mascots be getting better as history marches mm-hmm. on? Instead, there was a very funny story in the Wall Street Journal last week about the, uh, the mascots for the Beijing Olympics. And uh, so it made me think about, you remember Kobe? Kobe was the mascot <laughs> yes, for, the, for the Barcelona, Barcelona Olympic Games. <laughs> that apparently was the apotheosis of <laughs> mascot history. That Wasn't was it. Kobe like a little bear? It was hard to know what he was. He was almost a human-like bear raccoon. <laughs> he was like a furless yeah. bear. But he did everything. He played archery. He rode. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, a dressage. Kobe was everywhere. He d- well, he did what a mascot was supposed to do, right. which is like one cute symbol of the games, appealing to kids and adults, too, mm-hmm. that they could use all over everything from pins to signage to whatever. Well, it's been gone straight downhill since then. And the Beijing Olympics now have five cuddly mascots. And even the guy who invented them, the folk artist Han Meilin. Hates them. Oh, <laughs> As, no. Yes. Oh, Han Meilin, according to the Wall Street Journal, is the um, the Pablo Picasso of China. Oh. Uh, that's what it says. Ooh. The artist sometimes called China's Picasso mm-hmm. uh, in a fashion that fits both his artistic skills and grumpy demeanor mm-hmm. says that they're terrible. That the, the way they turned out, he will have nothing to do with them anymore. And the Chinese government hasn't paid him and he doesn't care. Because here's what happened. Uh they asked him to, like, take a crack at it. So he drew five children representing the traditional Chinese elements of fire, wood, water, gold, and earth. All right. That's deep. Doesn't that seem like a good idea? Yes. Like, yes. thank you, Mr. Picasso. That's a, good, right. that's a good starting point. But then because there are bureaucrats involved, you know, at the Olympic Organizing Committee and the government, they came <laughs> back and they said, these are great. But one of them has to be a panda. <laughs> one of them has well, to be a panda. You it's know, China. It is China. People want a panda. They do. But once you once you then have firewood, water, gold, and panda, <laughs> it's not, then it's you've all. kind of blown the concept, right? right? So then they decided to uh, 
open it up to drawings from all over the country, like, would you like to enter the contest? And there are 1.3 billion people in China. So when you say who wants to draw a mascot, they got they got many, many entries. And so then he had to use those as inspiration for uh, for the final five. He drew a thousand different models, including one that was a dragon. Oh, they asked him to do uh, things that would be ancient Chinese symbols like a kite and a sturgeon. Really? Oh, people love sturgeons, Liz. There's nothing, you know. Cuddlier than a sturgeon. It's, it's always the number one animal uh, you see in like a Halloween costume is the sturgeon. <laughs> so he said he tried to dress them up, and he gave them all what the paper describes as Carmen Miranda-style oversized hats. Mm. And I just... Is Carmen Miranda, like, I didn't realize that was a Chinese cultural she was thing. An international star. <laughs> I just had no idea. Anyway, so now they have five cartoon figures that are a fish, a panda, a Tibetan antelope, a swallow, and an Olympic flame. So I, I don't know about That's that. That's not cohesive. That's it's not a not. cohesive statement. Can I just state the obvious? Where it's, is Hello Kitty? <laughs> I mean, I don't really think they needed to go create another. I mean that's their thing. I, I mean, I would Where say they ju- or they just should have stuck with one cute panda. Panda, right? Just one panda. Yeah, yeah. There's not there's not anybody that doesn't like pandas. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? It's not. Then they shouldn't have gone to Picasso. Right, right. If you want a panda, don't go to Picasso. That would be the rule. There's so, a, again a hello. There's a panda in the Hello Kitty lineup too. Oh, there is. FYI, yeah. You have you have that. Well, so apparently now it's given rise to all of these bogus mascots. People are making fun of them, I, and this has become a history too. Did you realize that at the Sydney Games, uh, people didn't like that mascot very much? So there was a. What was it? A koala? I think it was right. Yeah, it must have been because the there was a local TV station in Australia that uh, created an unofficial mascot they called Fatso the Fat Assed Wombat. <laughs> So it's just a decline. But here's what I did not know. One last final fact about Olympic mascots, and then we'll move on. The first official mascot uh, was only the Munich Games. I had no idea that Valdi the Dachshund, who I don't even remember. And you're too young to remember the 1972 Olympics, Leanne, probably. Um, But the Dachshund in Munich was the first ever mascot. So we've gone from like... A dachshund to the pinnacle, which we've agreed is Kobe. Kobe. Then remember we had who's it or what's it or how's it in Atlanta. That, yeah, was, that was that good. Yeah, and now we're back to, <laughs> you know. To, who's to, to it or what's things. it. <laughs> and so, the, uh, so the, the, the Picasso of China, he was supposed to get paid one yuan for this job, which is like 10 cents. And he said they haven't even given him that. And he doesn't care. He will not speak of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last interview he's ever giving yes. on the panda? <laughs> <laughs> All right, then then we shall not speak of he, it either. He said they just could have been much better. That's his final word. <laughs> All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Lots more coming up. If you haven't been to the website, go now. So when we talk about our cakes, you'll be intimately familiar with them. Hey, I had a situation last week at Apple Camp. We're going to review some behavior I witnessed there. Okay. Want to get your thoughts on that. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. You're listening to Satellite Sisters To Go, brought to you by VTech. Hi, this is Julie. The Satellite Sisters, I'm Liz Dolan, here with uh, Leon and Monica. Sheila and Julie are going to be joining us in a bit for the beginning of the Freezem and Pleasem Ice Cream Cake Challenge uh, pitch meeting, I guess is what this portion of it is. Defending your cake. Defend- <laughs> That's what I like to think of it as, Liz. Defending your cake. Okay. All right. Coming up soon. All right. But last week, I had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time at the Apple store in Pasadena. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I signed my younger son, my 10-year-old son, Colin, up for something called Apple Camp. Okay? The what is that? The ingenious people at Apple, they actually host what they call a camp. It's five workshops. 
on a Monday through Friday. You can uh-huh. sign up for the whole week or individual workshops, three-hour workshops, to teach kids 7 to 12 some of the fun programs that Apple has. Okay? That is such a good idea. So it is. It's an, And it's free, Liz. Let's remind free, totally free. So And nothing, as any parent knows, nothing in the summer is free. Mm-hmm. Even things that say they're free, <laughs> I don't know why they end up costing me money because they're never free. There's always parking or something involved. So... Uh, I signed Colin up for the Monday and Tuesday classes. One was the Garage Band, so he could learn to create his own music and soundtrack uh-huh. and things like that. And edit our show. And edit our show. <laughs> exactly. We may get to that point, and um, I think he's ready. Good, and, good. Uh, and then I signed him up for iMovie because I know Entertaining Sheila is interested in uh, doing more webisodes. So I think once he's done editing the, uh, the talk show, he can uh, create webisodes for Entertaining Sheila. So that's what he was doing. So, uh-huh. okay. Okay, you, you've been to the Apple store. You know the guys that yeah. work there. And they're mainly guys. There are some women. But in this case, it was like four, quote, counselors. Yeah. Okay, they they're just... all so thin and small. And pale. Those pale. Little, little blue T-shirts. <laughs> yes. With the little blue jeans. Yeah. They're darling. But they're, they're all very small. They're, yeah. they're geeks. And they're not child care providers. So, no. So Apple, I guess, has learned the hard way that the kids can come to camp, but uh-huh. the parents have to stay, too. Because, uh, you know, they just really don't want to be responsible for the seven-year-old kids. They don't. The seven is young. Seven is young. So I wasn't quite sure about the rules, but I I found out when I got there, no, you have to stay for the three hours. And it's hard, Liz, unless you're buying an iPhone to uh, kill three hours (laughs) in an Apple store. Well, you can surf the Internet. Yes, you can, Monica. As you said, you all got a lot of emails from me. I did live postings. You were very productive. You can do your work there. I was super productive in the six hours I spent at the Apple store. I'm sure they're hoping you just buy more software and accessories yes. while you're there for the three hours. Well, again, there was such a long line for the iPhone. No one else could get but to the cash they weren't selling register. anything. They weren't selling anything else. So, you know, long story short, Colin's in a group with kids his age. They do, and then... But there's a group of, like, seven-year-olds, and they're working on the computer next to me with a very patient Ryan, who uh-huh. is their, quote, counselor. But he's clearly an actor because... <laughs> He was like had quite a voice oh. and really projected, and that was really working with the seven-year-olds. And here's the problem: you know, they're seven, and you're standing at a computer for three hours, and one kid just could not be won over by Ryan. They were trying to do the Garage Band, and you know, he's trying to engage. What's your favorite band? I hate music. <laughs> do you, I hear you like I hear you like Coldplay. No, I don't. <laughs> Oh boy. And the dad is like, Mommy likes pork and beans. Well, I don't like Weezer. <laughs> this is not going well. And the other two kids, their eyes are just wide. I mean, this kid does not want to be at Apple Camp, Liz. You heard him. He hates Weezer. You know? He, he's not interested in editing to pork and beans. <laughs> So Ryan suggests, hey, how about, you know, this is a fun song. And he puts on Boogie Wonderland because, you know what, that's a fun song. That's a fun yeah. song. And Everybody uh, loves Boogie Wonderland. Except my friend, the seven-year-old, who then drops to the ground and starts screaming at the Apple store, I hate Boogie Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I'm, I'm right on the computer next to him. I'm like, you know, at this point, when I was a parent, even you're, though, you're still a parent, but when you were a when parent, I was a young girl. parent, even though we're only 15 minutes into what's supposed to be three hours of fun, I'm out of here because uh-huh. like yeah. it's, it's not a, gonna they're not gonna turn around. No, and at this point, it's gonna ruin it for everyone else. Thank you, store. Monica. Ryan is trying his best mm-hmm. to engage the kids. I mean, again, who doesn't like pork and beans? But not this kid, and. I have to say, the dad was there, he was present, and he kept trying, come on, come on, you like pork and beans, mommy loves Weezer, you know, oh, come on, Boogie Wonderland's a great song. I'm like, just take him home. Yeah. He does just, there's a park down the street, take him there. Right. It's done for him. We're 15 minutes in, it's done. But no, that dad stayed the whole three hours, that boy stayed the whole three hours, even at the end when they had to present their songs. You know, he's standing up there. Ryan saying, and what was your favorite part? And he's like, I hate it here. (laughs) That's honestly what he said. I hate it here. (laughs) So I was just as a parent thankful, like, I'm glad Colin's not stuck in that group with him. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, and you know, oh well, lesson learned. That's what I'm thinking. Like the dad will never do that again. Yeah, Seven's they're not going to be back tomorrow. He's not going to retain one thing from Garage Band. So we show up for iMovies. Oh, there he is. And Colin looks at me unprompted. He goes, "I can't believe that kid's here again. He hated it yesterday." And this is what I want to say to the dad. Who again? It wasn't like he wasn't paying attention. He was standing next to his son for three hours, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to get him engaged. Bail. Cut and run. You know, cut your losses. Abandon the ship. I mean, he's not engaged in this. He just doesn't want to be there. And I know as a parent, I I took kids to a million things. You know me. I Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go. We're going to the fire station. We're going to the Nutcracker. We're going to music classes at the Hollywood Bowl. I'm going to make you love Picasso. And, you know, one thing you learn is that, like, you cannot make them love Picasso or Boogie Wonderland. You cannot make them do anything. Mm -hmm. And you just have to leave. Because if the whole point is it's supposed to be fun, okay, well, it's not it's fun. It's not fun. You know, I don't think there's a stick it out kind of lesson. They're not. That's And it's it's damaging the fun for the other kids. So I asked people on the blog at Sister Spot. I posted this. I said, am I being cranky? Because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't, this wasn't a situation where like a wildly inappropriate situation like child at an adult restaurant. Mm-hmm. No, this was a camp for kids. And mm-hmm. he still wasn't having fun. So now what do you do? Mm-hmm. And and people agreed with me. I'm glad to say, 100%. <laughs> uh, Debbie and Bethesda, thank you, Leon. I agree with you. I found that when my daughter was younger, she could only handle two hours at a time. So she said, I generally see the problem when parents pay a great deal for something and are more determined to get their money's worth than taking the time for a break and returning. You know, that's true. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I paid for this ticket. I paid for that. I, You know, you're going to enjoy this. And you've seen kids literally scream for an hour. Haven't you been in places yeah. where they literally scream their heads off for an hour? Well, Liz doesn't stay in those places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I can understand. Like if a parent is dropping a child off somewhere and has to go to work, then they don't really have that many options. You're right. going to have to stick it out today. Right. We'll figure out something right. else tomorrow. But if you're standing there with them anyway, why not go do something? This is supposed to be pure fun. Yeah. And you're trapped at this door. This is your quality time together. I I didn't understand this. All right. Maggie wrote, I totally agree with you on this one. Thank you, Maggie. Uh, She recently took her two-and-a-half-year-old to a parent and Todd class, and one of the Tots completely freaked out for the entire (laughs) 45 minutes. Maggie, that sounds fun. That sounds fun. And she said, no one was having fun, and we would have appreciated it if the Tot left. Yeah. Yeah, they're 2.5. Years old, as she says. Two and a half. What do you expect? (laughs) And then Maggie said she once dragged or drug, she doesn't know, her five-year-old to a nutcracker performance that her best friend was in. And because she wouldn't be quiet, she made her leave. Oh, she was mad, but she also learned a valuable lesson. If you do not behave, we will leave. All right. Way to go, Maggie. Now, Michelle, who is a frequent sister spotter, said she faced this dilemma at a swim lesson. Okay? This Mm -hmm. is a classic that... Mm -hmm. I mean, have you ever witnessed a group swim lesson at your pool or something? Okay. Well, I taught four-year-olds to swim for several summers. So I know sometimes they just don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. Yeah. And they're absolutely miserable. Michelle said she faced this because we're at the pool anyway. The older child is taking the swim lesson. I paid for the swim lesson. The kid's not enjoying it. And, Michelle, I can tell you this as a mother – as a former lifeguard and a former swim teacher and someone who actually I had to talk to a psychologist because Brooks had such a strong reaction to a swim lesson that he refused to swim. He stopped swimming, Liz. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, he he did go through that phase. He witnessed another child's bad swim lesson. It wasn't even his. He was swimming in the pool, and this other four-year-old was screaming for 45 minutes straight, and the coach was one of those coaches like, I'm going to make you swim or not, and they were literally pushing the kid in the pool. It was traumatized. It literally was so traumatic that over the course of the next week, he stopped swimming and refused to get in the pool. At Mm. which point I started yelling at him. What's the matter with you? (laughs) (laughs) What's the matter with you? Let's go to Fortune on swim lessons. Get in that pool. (laughs) Fortunately, I have a a friend who's a clinical psychologist, so I can use her for free. So you didn't have to pay for the session. That's good. But I did call her. I'm like, what is up? And she traced it back for me. She said, did he witness anything traumatic at a pool? I'm like, oh, my gosh. That day we were at 
you know, that pool and that kid. And he kept saying, what's the matter with that kid, Mom? Why is the coach yelling at him? Why is the coach uh, being mean to him? He didn't swim in a pool for a year after mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. So if you think the swim lesson is only affecting your child, you're wrong. It's affecting some other child out there. I just think if they're not having fun and they're under a certain age and you want them to learn to like something, mm-hmm. don't keep you them there. You can't make them do it. Don't keep them there. So do you think there are any kids at Apple Camp that will that are not going near a computer yeah. this week because <laughs> they guess. caught it from the seven-year-old? No, I think they're not going near Boogie Wonderland. <laughs> I think they're never going to listen to Earth, Wind, and Fire with the same passion that they did before. All right. We always love your opinions. We love posting stuff at our blog, Sister Spot. So you can go there. If you check in the archives, you'll find this one. It's called Apple Camp. And you can register your opinion. Uh, coming up next, so very exciting. All five sisters will be here. Judge Sheila, we have the Freeze em and Please em Ice Cream Cake Challenge Cake Defense. If you haven't seen the pictures, go now. And then you will hear... Our design statement, as Sheila said last week, what informs our cakes. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to be talking about. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. We are back. This is Liz. I'm here with Leon. Judge Sheila has joined us. Sheila, you know, this is going to be important. Uh, Julie, are you with us for defending your cake? I'm absolutely ready. All right. <laughs> Monica, you're ready to defend your cake? I have my design statement <laughs> prepared. Okay. They are all posted. Four sisters made four ice cream cakes. Inspired by the Day at the Beach Cake, uh, the photos are posted at Sister Spot. You can look at them right now. Uh, and Judge Sheila is here to put us through our paces. I am here indeed, Judge Sheila, with a round table, or should I say round spring form pan discussion <laughs> on the Freeze em and Please em Ice Cream Cake Challenge, which is at Sister Spot right now. Now, as your judge, I want to remind you, and some of you are still licking the Briar's ice cream off those spoons. <laughs> I can see it. I want to remind you... Um, Uh, that this is your chance to defend your cake right now. Mm -hmm. But some people were wondering, how are you going to judge a cake, Sheila's long distance? This cake challenge is not a tasting challenge. I want to tell people. There are four criteria that I'm looking at, looking at in the pictures, and I'm listening to now in your defend your cake statement. I'm looking at number one, did you adhere to the recipe? Creating the actual cake from a recipe. <laughs> Number two, your design. Good question, st- Sheila. <laughs> oh, that already inspired some laughter. <laughs> Number two, your design statement, which we will hear right now at this round spring form pan discussion. <laughs> Number three, individual creativity, so important. And number four, execution. What does it look like? I mean, really, seriously. All right? So we're going to go around the horn right now and find out how each sister came up with their concept. And I want to remind you, on Top Chef, I've seen many contestants go down defending their dish too vehemently. I want you to relax now. I don't want you to be too desperate. Or that may inform my decision as judge. We're going to start with Julie. Oh. Julie in Dallas. That's right, Julie. Defend your cake. Okay, (laughs) Sheila. Well, you know, I initially thought I was going to do Energy 2008, but I had a really hard time making the wind turbines out of toothpicks. So I went back to the original beautiful concept of the day at a beach. But I Good idea. (laughs) But I wanted to give it a patriotic twist because, you know, I did like that flag cake, which was one of the other cakes um, that was um, that we could vote on. So here is my concept, Sheila. Sea to shining sea. Julie, not bad. Very nice. I love the sea on the top of the cake. And so instead of just having one big sea. I made two C's, sort of with the country in the middle. Oh, Jewel. Because, and I added some um, sprinkles, some shiny sprinkles to the uh, ocean. I think that would be a day at the island ice cream cake. <laughs> there's a, okay. There's a, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> okay, people, now, calm wait down. wait a minute. Nobody said it could be an judge? island. Calm Madam down. Judge? The sprinkles are the white caps oh. on the ocean, Julie? No, I bought these, this blue glycerin. You see the blue glycerin? Oh, that's thing? right. That's right. Sea to shining sea. Got it. So it's the day at the beach 
but it also honors our country. Very good, Julie. I think you did a wonderful job. Love the picture. Liz, you're next. Defend your cake. Well, Sheila, I um, I recruited the help of a sous chef. There was uh, not, nothing in the rules that Whoa. said we couldn't get a little bit of help. So wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! Wait, let I, me do. I, I, there was nothing that said we couldn't. So I um, I asked my friend Savannah to help me. She was over over she's the weekend. She's a pastry chef. Is that what her job is? Liz? No, she's five years old. Julie, <laughs> Savannah's five years old, and it was a it was a cake that had a sort of whimsical quality to it. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. So Savannah came over to help me decorate the top of the cake. I made the cake myself. You know, put the the ice cream <laughs> what in. What kind of ice cream did you? I, well, I was I was I was going to go with the. I said I was going to use strawberry ice cream. Yeah. Savannah did overrule that. She's a chocolate girl, so it's chocolate on the bottom and then vanilla. Uh, but then, then I was discussing. I, it's plain. What, Lillian? I'm the judge. Okay. You know, uh, I, will, so that, I will decide. So then, Savannah and I were working on what was our concept, what was our story. I showed her that the recipe called for you know bears to be on the the beach blankets and things, and she said, "Well." How, how did the bears get to the beach? And I was like, I don't really know, Savannah. Maybe the bears live at the beach. And she said, maybe it's Bear Island. Maybe that's where they live. And the bears would have to take a boat to get to Bear Island. Out of the mouths of babes. So, th- so this is my concept. It is Bear Island. Oh, very and nice, And you'll see Liz. that we have bears on the island, and then we have bears in boats. This is the part that Savannah insisted on. There needed to be Smart some girl. bears in boats on the way to the island. So the bears are still having a day at the beach, but it's a particularly relaxing day for them because they're at Bear Island. Very nice. Well, that's all about sequencing, Liz, and that's what five-year-olds learn in kindergarten. So very good. I'm glad you uh, recruited a five-year-old. I think, you know, your story was a kindergartner's story. Yeah. And that's okay, Liz. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for defending your cake. Monica, you're up next in Portland. Defend your, de- defend your cake. Well, first off, I just want to say that this is an incredibly easy cake to make compared to that nightmare, that, that nightmare that was the Halloween cake that yes. we made last year. This, this cake was so easy to make. The hardest part for me was locating my springform pan because I had one. I could only find the spring, the ring, but I couldn't find the bottom, so I had to turn the whole house upside down. Anyways, I got started. Yeah. I, I kind of stuck close to the original Day at the Beach. I knew you would. Um, but I turned it into, it's Monica's Caribbean Fantasy Vacation. Very so you, individualized. That's so what you, I like. a golden crescent sand beach, mm. which was very important to me, the crescent shape. <laughs> And then I, as you notice, I am the bear lounging under the umbrella, and I'm wearing a bikini because, again, it is my fantasy. Yes. <laughs> now, there is the handsome bear boyfriend standing nearby. Um, I tried very hard to achieve. I didn't want bright blue water because in the Caribbean, the water's beautiful, like aqua, greenish blue shade. So I did try hard to try to achieve that shade of blue and very then, nice monica then then there's some bears bobbing in the um you know surf out there those are my friends uh, but again i'm with the bear boyfriend under the umbrella so and, that's your johnny depp yeah at one point i bought a package of goldfish pepper farm goldfish and i was going to work them into my design but when they didn't work i just ate the goldfish. well i'm glad you didn't in a way because cheddar on ice cream not a good combo okay and I, I, for me, it was really all about staging the photo. I thought that was important. Yes. So I think you can see I added some very nice Caribbean touches to my photo. <laughs> you really created a whole look, Monica. Good job defending your cake. And last but certainly not least, Leon, Leon, defend your cake. All right. Well, I'll first agree with Monica. It's an incredibly easy cake to make. Even if you don't do any of the decorations on top, it's this fun. is one I'll make over mm-hmm. and over again. Okay, so it is a day at the beach, and when I think of the beach, I think of capital T, capital B, and you know that means the beach I'm lost. So mine is a day at the beach, which is where the losties live. Uh So Wow, Leah, uh, you really took this theme somewhere. Well, (laughs) it's high concept. And so that got me thinking, if I was lost 
on a mm-hmm. on a beach somewhere, what kind of ice cream would I want to eat for the rest of my life? Because <laughs> right? to me, That's the most William. important question is, what kind of ice cream did you use? Uh-huh. And that is always chocolate, and that is Reese's peanut butter cups. Uh-huh. So yes. I have layers of uh, Breyer's chocolate and Breyer's Reese's peanut butter cup ice cream. Oh, and boy. I, that sounds good. I will say, instead of using the vanilla cream cookies on the side, I used Nutter oh. Butter cookies oh. on the side. Oh. And the crushed Nutter Butter and Reese's inside to form the layers. It's a good thing taste has nothing to do with the it judging. Is. That sounds delicious. But it, do- it was conceptual because that, if I had to eat two ice cream flavors for the rest of my life, that's what it would be. All right, uh-huh. Leah. You'll going see deeper into that the concept. I did try to recreate the beach, uh, which is <laughs> the a beach. Dharma initiative. <laughs> I did. It's hard to do. You but went you- down into the hatch and got the peanut butter chocolate ice cream. I, you'll see that I do have just three bears on the beach. Jack, Kate, and Sawyer. Oh, God. That's all you need for a lifetime of drama. My beach leads to a jungle. Okay, there's a uh-huh. small jungle, and then, of course, the big volcano, which I created out of Reese's peanut butter cups. It, so that's it's, it. Leon, it's, it's, it's excellent. Really. And then you'll see I do have the water. Again, I tried to create a different color with the water. Like Monica said, the water mm-hmm. at Lost is a specific color. So I used whipped cream instead of frosting. Uh, colored it, and then added yogos in there. Those are the little yogurt things to create kind of a blue-green seascape. And then you'll see, Liz, I also, have a, <laughs> I also have a boat, but it's not Penny's boat. Oh, yeah. Penny Losty would know. So there you go. Leanne, that, that is it. Excellent is job. Mine. And to all the sisters, congratulations on creating these cakes so individualized. Mm, that yes. was the idea. This so, was a fun one. So special. And each story so unique. That's what I love. This is going to be a hard time judging this. So the judging is on Friday's yes, show, right? Yes, it is. Right. Yes, it You're is. You're going to announce the winner Friday. Oh, it's a huge decision for me. But I am, I, I am honored to be your judge for this <laughs> challenge. Really? And I thought, Monica, you were going to lead with that saying how you know you have one thing to say thank you Sheila but I'll thank myself for judging having such a hard time and such a wonderful time looking at all these photos and taking into account all your stories so yeah, thank well, you. what role will the popular vote play in your final oh, decision oh absolutely Liz. people can vote at sister spot oh my gosh yes people are vote. you can vote at sister spot you can write in your votes and give us a little uh, explanation why you think Leon's cake or Liz or Julie's or Monica's cake should win. Start writing, and then I will take in. I mean, all of that is going into my final mm-hmm. decision. Mm-hmm. We want full audience participation mm-hmm. on this one. <laughs> and I, you know what? There's a cake for everyone to love up there. I mean, really. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's so true. Nice. Yes. That is true. I there really is. Padma. I mean, Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> so go to SatelliteSisters.com to to uh, defend your vote for the ice cream cake challenge and I will be um, just scoring and reviewing. Okay, okay, we got it. We got it. Fr- fr- Friday show. The, bi- the big face-off. Cake off. Freeze them, please them challenge wraps up on Friday. All right. Is she, uh, is, am I correct in saying that you have a feel-good story of the week coming up? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I have right. a feel-good story of the week. One of my favorite, uh, one of my least favorite things to do is fly on an airplane. But a flight attendant for Delta came up with a beautiful idea to put her passengers at ease. All right. We're going to hear that and more when Satellite Sisters return. Stay with us. Sheila here. And I am here, everybody, with my latest installment of My Summer of Love. And Julie is here with me. Jewel, how are you? Sheila, I'm fine. I can't wait to hear what's the latest. Oh, there's so much going on. Hey, for anybody out there who's new to Sheila's Summer of Love, it's my reality show (laughs) of myself based on my search for a man in Los Angeles. Just go to SatelliteSisters.com and click on Sheila's Summer of Love. So let's get started. Julie, you are my big sister, and I depend on you for advice, don't I? Yes, you do, Sheila, and I try to encourage you as much as I possibly can. You do encourage me, and you know what? As part of my summer of love, I went out on the street to get more advice from people in my neighborhood, Julie. Did I recommend that, Sheila? Well, I I thought I would need a little more help this time (laughs) because it is hard to find a nice guy in Los Angeles. So right now at Sheila's Summer of Love, I have a couple new videos up there. The first one is my conversation with a woman named Jane from a little shop on Montana Ave in my neighborhood 
called Three Bags Full. Julie, Jane seems to know you very well. Yes, Jane and I have a very close personal relationship, Sheila, because, you know, when I lived in Russia, I would stop in that lovely shop when I was visiting you in the summer and buy sweaters. And she was so kind to me and so nice. She's a great lady. And, you know, Julie, we had a great conversation And you know what we always say on SatelliteSisters.com? What do we say? We say not every conversation can change your life, but any conversation can. We also say no bare midriffs. (laughs) And that is what Jane told me in my video conversation with her at Sheila's Summer of Love. So that's up there now. Also, my latest video about getting my bangs cut with my hairdresser, Rose. Uh, You know I talk about Rose all the time on the show. She's up there at Sheila's Summer of Love. Sheila, the bangs are very successful. And if you haven't (laughs) seen Sheila with her bangs, you got to go check it out. All right, but we're really getting to it now. Also, up now at Sheila's Summer of Love is date number two. Oh, good. Finally, a man. Yes, my bread date. That's right. My date with a man named John. He came to the Cozy Cottage, and we made an actual loaf of bread during the date. And I'm telling you, there was drama. There was major drama. When that yeast didn't rise, there was tension in the room. (laughs) I mean, whoever thought of yeast not rising? (laughs) I mean, I thought you I just... try not to think about yeast, Sheila. Uh, right, Julie. Most women don't like to think about it. But anyway, that <laughs> that that is up at <laughs> Sheila's Summer of Love. And if that's not enough for you, my audition tape for my date with Brad Garrett is also up at a special site called crackle.com. That's C R A C K L E.com. If you go to crackle.com, and you search for Brad Garrett, and Brad's name comes up, and you see his videos for his show, his dating show that he's having, (laughs) click to the right, Julie, and you can see see people who want to date Brad Garrett. Bingo, I'm on there. Go look for my video, and please comment on it. Give it a five-star rating. Sheila, I I gave it a five-star rating. It was fabulous. (laughs) I want to beef up my chances to be on the show. So all of that is all for you at Sheila's Summer of love. Julie, are you exhausted yet? (laughs) Not yet. Because you still haven't gotten a man, Sheila. I know. I still haven't gotten a guy. You've got to hang in there. You've got to go. It's a a marathon, Sheila. It's not a sprint. That's right, Julie. So thanks for listening. Sheila's Summer of Love. Julie, wish me luck. You know you have it, Sheila. Look at those bears on Bear Island. They are certainly still having fun there. What bear doesn't love living on Bear Island? That's cute. Concept. What kid wouldn't love to eat a cake called All right, Liz, Bear Liz, Island? All right, right Judge, over. Judge, we're moving we need on. A ruling here. Yeah. Sheila, you had a feel-good story to share with us. I did have a feel-good story. It's nice to end on this. Um, this is a special story about a flight attendant from Delta who decided to do something special after 9-11 when she noticed that the whole nature of uh, airplane flying had changed. And it really did. And it still does feel different. Yes. Um, her name is Jewel Van Valen. That's such a lovely name, Jewel, isn't it? Yes, it Flight is. Flight attendant for, from Delta. And she said, you know, immediately after 9-11, she noticed that flying was really difficult for most passengers. And so she came up with her own little idea. She basically took, took mats uh, paper mats and put them right down on the trays of the passengers and handed them some crayons, just like you would have in kindergarten. And she, she didn't give them any directions. She just let each passenger draw whatever they wanted to do. I know it sounds kind See, of silly. See, this totally appeals to the first grade teacher. I in know. You. <laughs> I know. And, you know, you know, you get your supplies and you do your project. I mean, it's so simple. It's all contained on your little tray. But what she started noticing is that people really relaxed when they're drawing, which you do. Mm-hmm. It's the endorphins start flowing. Serotonin starts flowing. People start. <laughs> okay, Monica, is there any <laughs> medical truth to those two things? <laughs> and do not ask me what SPF means, <laughs> right? Know. You just say that about everything. Gets your <laughs> serotonin flowing. Well, if you believe it, Sheila. All right, listen then to it what will happen. No, but if you're sitting next to somebody and they're drawing a picture and you look over and say, I love your picture, what's it about? They tell you their story. You're going to do the same for them. And Jules started noticing that passengers started talking to one another. 
And then, you know, she was really, I mean, she was really enthused. She started putting all the pictures up right on, right in the plane. Like, she ran out of tape. She took Band-Aids and put them all around so people could see, like, a little art gallery, other people's drawings. Leanne, you're suspicious. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm open to a feel-good story of the week. I just, I'm concerned about plane safety with a lot of, <laughs> I mean. I don't want them to use up all the Band-Aids. What happens if someone needs a Band-Aid? Okay. Is what I was thinking. I think Jewel's got it under control. Right. She's been doing this for over six years right. now. So she knows that something's got to happen with this artwork. So she's trying to find a permanent home for the artwork at LAX, our airport, Liz, and mm-hmm. Lynn as well. And, um, you know, she just, she just said, you know, flying is not as fun as it used to be. And this is her little way to give back. And passengers, she's finding passengers who are artists that love it, passengers, passengers who, who can't do art. Love it because it relaxes them. But no one's drawing angry pictures when their flight is delayed or their baggage is lost. Okay, no? Julie, come come on, people. I'm working <laughs> yeah, hard. It's a, a feel-good feel story. Oh, okay. okay. It okay. helps take your mind off the flight. So even if your flight is delayed, you can still draw a pretty plane in the sky. Yeah. Flying to where you want to be. A picture of Bear Island. <laughs> you don't need to draw bears or planes. You can draw whatever Flying to Bear Island. All righty. So they want to create a gallery. Yes, taping... Uh, pictures to the to the you know to the plane is not going to work forever. So there it is, Jewel Van Palen, um, doing you, something nice. Or Van Valen, I'm sorry, <laughs> not Van Palen. That it is an interesting idea. No, it's very sweet. Yes, and it does appeal to the first grade teacher in me. And, and there's nothing knows, wrong with that. Yeah, flying today is completely different for so many many reasons. So that one employee, I mean those poor employees that are working so hard. Mm-hmm. And, be a flight attendant. Oh my gosh, that good for her. Good Maybe posting the pictures at some of the TSA checkpoints would help relieve <laughs> some of the tension. Checkpoint tension is something that somebody needs to address. <laughs> Just okay. a thought. Okay, Liz. Feel good story, Liz. Okay, Liz let's, maybe you could stand there with the whiteboard. the lines longer, Yeah, I, I can see Liz standing there with the whiteboard and some doodlers. <laughs> Having everyone just do a doodle before they take their clothes off. Okay, let's play a game of hangman. <laughs> God, you guys really know how to crush a story. Okay. No, we're feeling no, good. we're for it. No, we're, we're totally we're all for it. All righty. <laughs> okay, uh, join us on Wednesday, Satellite Sister, because Julie has a couple of dilemmas. She wants to run by us, and we always love giving bad advice. So yeah. we will be here doing that on Wednesday. In the meantime, you have a couple of assignments. You do have to go look at the cakes for the Freezem and Pleasem Ice Cream Cake Challenge. That's uh-huh. hard to say. Freezem yeah. and Pleasem Ice Cream Cake Challenge and vote. You can vote right on the blog. Sheila, what's the name of the website again where you can vote for entertaining Sheila? Crackle.com? Crackle.com. And I will blog post about that, but it's crackle.com. Search for Brad Garrett. Click on people who want to break, date Brad Garrett, and you will see my audition video. Okay. Go Which to, is adorable. It's, it's, I think yes. it's awesome, Sheila. I think it's the best. It's a feel-good story. And do, do you and understand I, I lo- how does the popular vote work in the how to date Brad Garrett thing? Well, it is a factor, Leon. It is. All right. So, so you need counts. votes. Yes, I need votes. And as one person put it, I love this comment. This made me feel great. Looks like they spent a million dollars, and they had six Hollywood writers on that one. Really? Oh, yeah, baby. Because you did it yourself. There were no writers. I was totally off the cuff. Right. I mean, that is a spontaneous video. I hope that comment doesn't begin to work against you. That's all I'm I'm saying. But, yes, that was fun. I mean, from the mind of Sheila Dolan. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. As it were. (laughs) As it was, because I have no mind left. (laughs) You're your own island, Sheila. That's what I think. Okay, and on Wednesday's show, I'm going to bring paper and crayons for all of us. Oh, (laughs) sounds good. I'm feeling good already. Just because we liked the idea so much, Like the idea. I think it would relax people. We're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, everybody, have a great day. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.